Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. And once again, opening with a big thank you to all of you who continue to listen to us and to those who are joining us for the first time. I hope you enjoy the show. We are the number one show listened to on 620 AM, 1640 AM, and 93.5 uh, FM on Saturday nights in the tri-state area. And we are downloaded internationally through many podcast outlets, including iHeart, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. I want to tell you that I'm really excited about how the show is going and some of the new expansion updates that we will be introducing in the next few weeks. So stay tuned. But tonight we have a huge show. So welcome into my corner. I'm going to share with you something that happened to me this past week. That might happen to many of you, and I hope you would be as pleasantly surprised as I was as what happened to me and the results and outcomes. Earlier in the week, I received a phone call from what I would consider one of those mainstream media outlets that don't necessarily agree with me politically. In fact, I can say when I ran... Uh, For Congress in 2020, they did very little coverage on me and uh, really uh, supported my opponent strongly. And it's been a very long time that that paper actually supported candidates from my party. However, I did actually receive an email, a text message, and even researched through my website how to reach out to me, a a reporter who is one of the editors of one of the opinions in Newsday. They asked me about my podcast, specifically about a special episode I did on political candidates in a local election that were from the Democratic Party, which is not the party I personally support. I pursued it, followed it up, first questioned it as to why I was in shock. And they said they actually listened to it and enjoyed it. Of course, there was a a few areas where there was a little bias in the questioning. And I did not know what to expect the outcome would be. And then they pointed to something of a past tweet that related to January 6th that I tweeted at over a month before January 6th took place. And uh, many of you that follow me or know me know I was not in Washington in January 6th. I do believe that this country should have voter integrity. I do believe that if the Democrats are so sure they won, they would not be upset 
about voter integrity because now, especially in New York, it has become a very big issue among progressives. So we found common ground among conservatives and progressives. If you are part, not part of the establishment, then you could be a victim of voter fraud, whether or not you're a candidate or a voter. There seems to be a lot of uh, nepotism in jobs in the Board of Education, I'm sorry, Board of Elections. And there seems to be a lot of questions as to the staffing other ways and how things are handled. This is nothing new in 2020. And it looks like it's going to be a big issue in 2021. And Democrats are going to be affected the most because 2021 is about local elections. Anyway, getting back to my story, I answered the questions. And later that night, my phone started getting beeped after beeped after beeped. People were telling me they were reading about me in Newsday. Long Island radio personality Cindy Gross has launched a new series of conversations with political candidates since 2021 is the year of local elections. And it went on to discuss a little bit of my background running for Congress, and then it went on. Her background might make it a little surprising that Gross's first political guests last week were candidates in the Democratic slate in Hempstead. And it went on to say what I have been saying all along about this show, whether or not it's the celebrity uh, corner or the political corner or anything I do in my activism with education, Zionist and Israel and Jewish issues. This is what it said. Bipartisanship is a big subject for the show. I like bipartisan talk, Rose said. At one point, she praised Nassau County Executive Laura Curran for getting rave reviews for her work during the pandemic, betting that she'll be reelected. And this is coming from a Republican, Gross stated in the interview. And it went on to talk about my January 6th tweet and that she that I said that I was supporting free speech and peaceful protest. Because I told the reporter, it's no different than Kathleen Rice or Tom Swazi or Grace Meng tweeting about a peaceful protest for Black Lives Matter, and we know what happens at those protests. One other point I want to make out to you and share is that it stated that Nassau County and State Democratic Party Chair Jay Jacobs agreed with me in saying he has told his Democratic candidates, if you can get on Fox, get on Fox, because messages get to wider audiences. Bingo. And that is what we're all about here. Bringing you a wide variety 
of interviews, opportunities to learn about people that are different than you, people that share the same values as you, people that have your similar interests, whether it's in fashion, books, television, whether or not it's a trendsetter, whether or not it's a chef, someone in the music industry, or whether or not it's someone talking about life. We only have one life to live. Let's all welcome each other into all of our corners, respectfully and happily. Tell me what you think. Please write to me through my website, and you can reach me through my various social media outlets at LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We have a huge show coming up. Please stay tuned. And after the commercial, please listen as we welcome our first guest. Selling a home can be expensive and stressful. Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. Just ask Joseph M. from Brooklyn. Remax IQ made it easy. No for sale sign. I had offers in days. I saved $10,000 in commission and I was in contract fast. If you're thinking of selling, Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. To learn more, call 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. We're not a discount broker. We're Remax IQ. Speak with a top agent today. 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. Or visit RemaxIQ.com. Terms and conditions apply. Visit www.remaxiq.com slash disclaimer. Here is your host. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. And joining us now is not only an award-winning fashion designer, not only is she a trendsetter, not only did she make headlines in the New York Post as someone over a certain age who is sexy and vibrant and active and uh, successful in her business, uh, but she's also a close personal friend of mine, and I'm quite sure you're going to learn a lot about her today that you don't normally hear because we're going to probably go off in conversation. Regina Kravitz is a name that for generations, for years, people knew and loved in department stores. Her clothing was so wearable. Her clothing was so pr- uh, priced right that... Yes. It was in everybody's closet, and we missed that in the (laughs) 80s. So thank you for joining us, uh, Regina, for uh, spending your time with Cindy's Celebrity Corner. A pleasure to be here, Cindy. I believe we met about six years ago at New York Fashion Week. Oh, wow. Is that long already? It probably is. We both, I was actually at that time covering some fashion shows as a fashion reporter for Millennium Magazine, which is an online magazine, and you were standing next to me. And I think standing next to us was Camille Grammer. And I think if it's right, it was at the uh, Milan Breton show. 
Maybe. I don't remember that, but it was hard for for, uh, us, we littler people, because Cindy and I are both of short stature, even push our (laughs) way through the crowd. We could barely see. So that's the way it goes. Well, fashion has changed a lot since you started in it. And yes, it's, it has. Changed, it's changed a lot since we met several years ago. Yeah. And you are now one of the trailblazers in the area of fashion entrepreneurism. Tell us what that is. Well, I'm not actually a trailblazer. And I'll explain what happened. <clears throat> I had many, many years, like 35 plus, maybe even 40 in the fashion industry. And, um, It changed drastically, maybe over the last five or six years, drastically because of the digital access and the explosiveness of what's happening there and the technology and the ability for someone to have an idea for a product and sell it anytime, anywhere, Uh, to anybody all over the world. So people have ideas, but they really don't know, (coughs) excuse me, how to make it and market it. That part of the fashion industry hasn't changed. It's hard. You you have to, uh, it's highly technical. You have to basically understand how to make a garment. Then you have to be able to direct because you may have a pattern maker and they don't always get your vision. So um, it's a huge directorial job. So, um, you know, I've been following it, but I wasn't involved in it. And then in December, or actually before the um, pandemic, I was asked to be the honorary speaker for uh, a nonprofit organization right here in Brooklyn called the Brooklyn Fashion Incubator. Well, I didn't know what that was, but um, it's uh, Maria Barazza and her husband, um, Rafael Romero, uh, have a program that is hands-on helping, it's their clients, they enlist in it, helping fashion entrepreneurs every step of the way from making it, marketing it. So lo and behold, I personified this um, fashion entrepreneur who started, I started my business myself on a minimal investment, worked like a dog. um, And lo and behold, a number of years later, really all the hard knocks you can imagine, I grew it into a multi-million dollar business. And I, at the height of it, was selling everybody, every store all over, big, little, 40 people worked for me. And I was still a young woman maybe in my mid-30s. Tell us some of the places that uh, you sold to. I sold everybody, uh, Bloomingdale, Saks, Bergdorf's, every small boutique. Um, I sold stores in England. It was a multi-million dollar venture. I had Salesforce, I had reps, and it was crazy. Um, I was fortunate enough at a point to sell it, but not for the multiples people get today. And it's very hard to sell a business when it's your name, because what are they buying? They have to buy your name. So then 
I sold my name and they wound up, I had a, some sort of contract and they wound up firing me and making things I didn't like. And then I fought them to get my name back. So uh, I've been through a lot of hard knocks. So anyway, getting back to uh, 2019 and the video and the gala. So there I was, I put together a video, short video clip of my career, which I gladly send to you. And it was very impactful. And after that, I realized that there were incubators, these incubators all over the country, in fact, all over the world, helping tra trade organizations as well, helping young entrepreneurs. So during the pandemic, I started to mentor. I spoke with the um, Philadelphia Fashion Incubator. I, uh, I did a, a series for Berkeley College. I did some things, panels for Fashion Mingle. Um, and there were other things, oh, uh, limb. So I started to build up a repertoire of uh, my experience, my motivational speaking, encouraging fashion entrepreneurs. But more than that, giving them... Um, in the case where I've mentored or I've critiqued people's lines, very hard hitting business facts as well. The bottom line, your cost sheet, the tools, you know, not just like making a pretty garment. It's a really hard industry. And um, that's basically kind of what I'm working on now. I'm, I'm promoting myself as a motivational speaker to that entrepreneur and consulting on how I could help them. So it's a work in progress, but it's a field I know very well, very well, and feel very passionate about. Plus I may reproduce a few of my own jumpsuits. So Cindy, you know, that's what I'm credited with commercializing. Correct. Tell everybody what exactly your signature piece was and tell us the difference between old school fashion and new school fashion? Uh, okay, well, my, which is a huge category in this day and age. So way back in the early 80s, uh, my line was doing well, but, and maybe there were jumpsuits on better. It was just an item. It wasn't a trend that was available to the average con consumer. And my cu customer was always me, a young working woman who'd go to work and then needed something stylish and uh, slimming. That's my whole concept. It's all about the body. And as you know, I'm all, also a personal trainer. So it's not just what you wear. It generates from the body. Um, so something that you could wear to work, to cocktails, wherever it would take you. So one day I had to keep my sewers busy when it was an off season. And one of them mistakenly put the top of a dress on the bottom of a pan. And there it was, it was this great looking item, the jumpsuit and my salesman said, wow, let's put it on the line. And it was a legendary experience because maybe the first time we sold 50, then what they say a check, in the stores, because there was no internet, so you didn't go online. You waited for it to get to the stores. 
And then by two years later, we were selling 30,000 and every major store was lining up, but also every lower price manufacturer on Broadway and 7th Avenue was copying what I did, my jumpsuit, and I'd meet some of them and they'd say, oh, I just bought a new car, I bought a Ferrari, you made me rich. It was a major item. And I would say over the years, maybe until the late 80s, early 90s, I must have made 500 different styles. Um, and because I think I was a self-made entrepreneur, I didn't really have a big company behind me. I haven't gotten the credit really due my accomplishment. Well, we're well, going to give you credit here. Thanks. <laughs> and I sent you a picture of me with the jumpsuit. I, yes. I, no, it's in my closet, but it was a particular garment. It was low cut. It had flanges or pleats here, a little bit of padding in the shoulder. It came to a comfortable waist. Then it had a pocket that went like that and a sort of loose leg. And it took 10 pounds off of everybody. It had nice cleavage. It showed the neck. I mean, you know, anyone who knows me That's from that era is like, oh, my God, I always wore it. Well, so, you did for the jumpsuit what Diane correct. von Furstenberg did for the wrap dress. Well, we all did wrap dresses. But, yes, she she was the one who capitalized on it. So let's turn this now to 2021-2022. You're going out a little bit volume-wise. Sorry, can you hear me now? Yes, I could. Okay, that's the wonderful technician of today that is so important in Fashion Week. And as we're talking about that, this uh, they just announced the calendar for Fashion Week and things going on. And I want your thoughts a little bit about Fashion Week. Because you were involved in Fashion Weeks as a designer when it was a totally different uh, look, business, uh, and uh, reaction from the public. So tell us your thoughts on the old Fashion Week versus the new Fashion Week. Well, it's huge because we're digital. So you were dependent upon a spot on the calendar. Everything was literal. You did it. And I understand that's coming back a little, but people have gotten so creative. You, you, you need great models and great styling, but you don't necessarily have to have a runway show or a big production. But the way it was is we would do advanced press kits. You had a PR agent. Uh, now it's a brand manager. And you'd send out by mail all these PR kits and they, the editors were lucky enough to come to New York, uh, stay in hotels and um, run around to all the different shows and then follow up by writing articles or requesting the photos in their local papers. So, you know, how many local papers are left. Um, And by the way, I had, thousands of these ads and papers and interviews that I digitized over the last two years. Cause, and that was a huge job. I wanted to have an online presence. I had laboriously digitized them. So 
fashion is also fragmented. It's not about a trend anymore that comes from Paris. And yes, there's a trend like we're all wearing, uh, not we, particularly 30, 40 year olds or more of a, I want to say a granny look, a peasant look, a nostalgic puff shoulder. But there's also streetwear, athleisure wear, uh, you know. I guess uh, that the bathing suit fashion show. Correct. And it's extremely fragmented. You can do any product. Um, Some of the people I've I'm working with as an entrepreneur, do adaptable clothing. Another um, one has a whole website devoted to modest, which caters obviously to um, maybe a Muslim woman or religious Jewish woman. Uh, So it's, it's a personal vision. Also on the production end, we used to have to buy a certain amount of fabric the factory dictated how much you had to make. Now, because you can make much less, you could buy shorts amount of fabric. It's it's an incredibly creative uh, world right now. One of the areas that I find so fascinating is upcycling. I've been into sustainable fashion my whole life. I'd buy everything in thrift shops, um, I'd redo all my stuff. And that's how I started. I was, a, I was a theater major at NYU and I'd remake all my stuff. And, and all my friends at that time called me Rags, Ragwina instead of Regina. But uh, so now there's this whole emphasis on repatching, redying, um, totally remaking things and being so much more conscious of our environment of uh not having to follow anything that's you can you know look at Billie Eilish what she's contributing to fashion as well as J-Lo you know and all the people um her that we see as a media explosion so you know and also you can buy things from anywhere in the world at any price so you have so much to tell us. We are running out of time in this segment. First of all, tell our audience where they can reach you. And of course, we are going to have you back because you brought up something. We have a lot of fashion designers on the show, but we have not heard a lot about mentoring fashion designers and mentoring fashion businesses. And I think that's something that we have in common that we'd like to talk about and you're going to come back and share that with us but please tell us where our audience can reach out to you Uh, I think Instagram it's Regina Kravitz style and fitness that's the best way to reach me I'm still building my website uh, and I may even list for fashion week I'm thinking of redoing four or five of my iconic jumpsuits, modernizing them, the fit, and um, selling them online. So I'm also www.reginakravitz.com. It's an honor to be here today with you, Cindy. Have a beautiful day. And to all your listeners and admirers, stay strong and positive. That's the key.
Thank you so much for joining us again. And we'll see you soon. Bye, Cindy. Bye-bye. Thank you. Hi, I'm Kevin Sorbo, and I always listen to Cindy Celebrity Corner, along with the amazing Cindy Gross. And now your host. Welcome back to Cindy Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. And joining us now is a very special celebrity. It's a name you've read about. You've heard a lot about his work. He is considered probably the youngest millionaire in the Bitcoin uh cryptocurrency arena and we are very lucky to have one of the first interviews with him in regard to a brand new project that's revolutionary and that's going to change the way that you communicate eric Feynman. i said it thank right. you so much no it's all right it's all right i no said worries. it well, well no, no let me say it again it's fin man fin man like fin man like a shark like fin, fin man yeah. okay like aquaman okay. but it's fin okay <laughs> do one last time, I promise. No worries. It's Sunday morning. I don't usually do this. No worries. No worries. And my mother in law is in the hospital, so that's on top oh. of it. My head is all over the place. I if I don't okay. come this week, it's because she's still mm-hmm. there. We're hoping she's coming out tomorrow. But mm-hmm. if I don't show well, up, I, that's why I'm really glad that you're doing this. Fam- family's more important than anything else. So. Welcome back to Cindy Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross, and I have a very special celebrity. Uh, it's not often I get to uh, introduce you to a revolutionary young person, somebody who has been written up as the youngest millionaire in the Bitcoin cryptocurrency arena. Eric Finman yes, is here yes. to discuss... A brand new project. We are one of the first exclusive interviews here, and he is going to revolutionize the way you communicate the same way he uh, revolutionized the way you uh, spend money. So, Eric, thank you so much for joining Cindy Celebrity Corner. Thank you. Thank you. So excited to be on today. Well, I always love to uh, promote and support young entrepreneurs because we always hear that young people are apathetic and they don't want to be creative and look at you and what you have accomplished in your young life. Tell us a little bit about what it's like to be one of the youngest millionaires. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, definitely. The claim to fame is the, is the, is the youngest Bitcoin millionaire and uh, and yeah it's been it's been a good time i guess I, I i wouldn't i wouldn't say i dislike it you know um there's a there's a joke i heard if if money doesn't buy happiness then you just don't know where to shop because you can uh, you can do so much good and, and and build cool projects like you know this new project like i'm 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 kind of quote unquote leaving silicon valley um i'm i'm, I'm popular there i'm all liked there but i feel like i, I got my fu money now and, and now i want to say fu um, with this new project, which is, you know, the Freedom Phone. And it's, it's, I feel like there's a major attack on free speech, the right to, to have a voice, the right to be different. And, uh, and then, you know, they say, create your own Twitter, do that, do that. Well, you know, I created my own phone with its own app store because it's, uh, it's just so bad what they're doing in regards to censorship and, and censoring apps and censoring just people's voices. It's incredibly sad. And I wanted to help fix it. So you actually answered the next question. What is the big project? It's the Freedom Phone. And the way it was described to me 
Think about it. As much as people want from all sides, all ages, all backgrounds, the right of freedom of speech, even if they somehow get through the censorship of social media, they are still using devices that are controlled by one party, one uh, thought process. And people want privacy, whether or not it's a conversation with a friend, a business partner, or just speaking their mind on a personal issue. How did you come up with this? Yeah, I mean, I think it it happened actually um, early this year. Um, you know, it's just seeing, you know, that they would ban, you know, American social media companies would ban a president of the United States, uh, which is terrible to see how even if uh, 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 you can switch to a different app, um, you know, they banned that app um, off the app stores, which was Parler. And uh, and seeing that it was just so sickening to me. And I think, uh, you know, you see world leaders from all around the world that that aren't even, you know, uh, uh, uh on one side of the political spectrum, just from all political spectrums, like, you know, the president of France, Emmanuel Macron, Angela Merkel, the president of Mexico, all said this is terrible, um, you know, that, that you know, American social media companies can just ban the ability for uh, a president of the United States to get the word out. And then even if, yeah, go to a different app, you know, that they, they ban you off the app stores because they have a monopoly on app stores. It's, it's incredibly sick. It's incredibly terrible. Um, and then, yeah, that's why I wanted to fix with this with this new project. So you might be able to bring all these great world leaders together and bring some peace around the world through this creative device where governments can do it. I mean, you know, that sounds, yeah, I mean, big, but totally. I mean, totally. I mean, I've had people in, uh, in you know, third world countries and then they message me. Well, there's a third world country out in Latin America. I forgot the name, but she sent me this voice note and the voice note was so sad. It was, uh, she was, it was, you know, and almost hearing it in kind of a, a thick accent um, was, was so, uh, even made it more impactful. Uh, and she said, you know, like these American social media companies out in Latin America, they're, they're banning my paintings. They're banning my art. And because the art and the paintings, they, they criticize the, uh, uh, the, the country's president who was U.S. backed and friendly to the U.S. and uh, in, in kind of an artificial way you know, not, not a genuine grassroots movement of their, of their country and their people. Um, and she makes paintings kind of, you know, criticizing uh, uh, the politicians and they ban her paintings. It's terrible. They ban her art. And I just think like, you know, and it's just so, th- you know, you see on, on, you know, on Amazon, they're banning books, you know, and all that. It's just like, they're banning paintings, they're banning art and, uh, and books. And it's just, it's just like unreal to me. And, and that's, you know, I like one of the apps on our app store, um, they preload on the phone actually is, is just, you know, open source books, you know, the ability to, to, you know, submit your own book and not have it be afraid to be banned. Even if it's a little provocative, even if it's a little controversial, it's just banning writers and artists and painters. It's, what about it's, all the happening. movies gone with the wind banned. Yeah, exactly. No, that's something I'm working on after the launch of this phone is to be able to, to, to get film, you know, like just, you know, yeah, they're banning film. They're being, I have friends, they're making documentaries, like legitimate documentaries. And those are, are, are not allowed on any of these platforms. And it's just so, so sad that filmmakers, artists, writers from not just the United States, but all around the world are getting censored by basically these huge monopolies that work um, with the government, in my opinion, with, with, with the federal government 
to, to, to silence any, any silence, just new ideas. You know, there's a great quote from a, uh, I'll finish up here. There's a great quote, um, from a former chief Supreme Court justice. And he said, if you lose the right to be different, you lose the privilege to be free. And that's my favorite quote, because if you, if we lose the, 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 uh, the right to say what you want, but you know, that that's the right to be different. And, you know, you don't have any freedom. You don't have any, uh, yeah, just, you don't have any freedom if, if you don't have that. Well, I, as somebody who encourages culture here and doesn't cancel it, we invite mm. everybody on, but I know exactly what you're saying because I have experienced uh, sens- censorship myself. What's so your strong. background? My background is in uh, actually the uh, uh, the Bitcoin, blockchain, cryptocurrency world. So that's my background. I got into Bitcoin when uh, uh, ten years ago. Although I'm a I'm a young guy, um, I got into it when I was very young, still in school. And uh, you know, some kids had video games, some kids had sports. My my obsession was Bitcoin, and uh, I just got every little bit of money that I could to put money into it. And Bitcoin back then was was very low. And, uh, and yeah, just spent every day, I guess, like Gordon Gecko or something, just trying to trade more, get more, attain more. And, uh, and then, yeah, and then eventually use that money to build cool projects with it, which is what I'm doing now. So tell us a little bit more about the details of the Freedom Phone. Where mm-hmm. can we get it? Uh, if you want to tell us cost and what other purchases are involved, like you mentioned, apps are going to be involved in it. Mm-hmm. I know my audience is going to be very interested. And just so they know, Cindy's Celebrity Corner is going to be an outlet where you can purchase the phone. So mm-hmm. let them know what exactly is involved in the phone. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a very quality phone. You know, I think like with, with startups and projects, sometimes, you know, they're new and they're a little rough around the edges. I focused on making something absolutely quality. It's, uh, it's, it's made, you know, it's got the uh, aluminum sides, glass back. You know, it's got a, a, an incredible camera on the back, an incredible camera on the front, big screen, a uh, very bright screen. Um, so you can see everything clearly. And, uh, and then, yeah, on the, on the, our operating system, we made something called Freedom OS. And, uh, and that's our own operating system, which, uh, yeah, has our own app store, which has all the normal apps that your normal phone has on it, plus the banned ones as well. And on our app store, we feature free speech and privacy focused apps. Like the default chat app is the most secure chat app that anyone has ever made signal and that is our our default texting app our default browser is brave browser which is the most secure browser ever um uh, DuckDuckGo is our default search engine which is the alternative secure and private alternative to google which still gives you great search results and that all those are right on the home screen we're preloaded with you know uh free speech news outlets um you know that you all would be familiar with and, uh, and yeah, it's just, it's just an incredible phone. It's preloaded with yeah, great map software, just everything, all the normal apps that you would have, of course. Um, and it's great. And then, yeah, the prices, you know, we don't want to make something, you know, uh, low quality, so it's not dirt cheap, but we don't want to make something that's unattainable either. So, uh, on your website, it's going to be, um, uh, on sale for 449, which is great, which I think is, uh, is, is not crazy, but is a, is a, is a, is, you know, is reasonable. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, so that's the cost of it for a very quality phone, just as quality, just as good quality as an iPhone or a galaxy phone for half the price. So that's, that's, that's what it is. And, and we made this and, and I'm really proud of it. Where is it made? Uh, you can't actually make a product top to a phone top to bottom in the U S I spent a lot of money trying. It's a shame. Um, we bring it all together in the U S but we get parts from all around the world, but nothing from mainland China. 
thankfully, and all that. I put a lot of effort and spent a lot of extra money to make sure nothing was from mainland China or anything. And uh, and then, yeah, we get parts from Europe. We get parts uh, 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 from, from the U.S., Canada, you know, from all over the world. Um, and we bring it all together in the U.S. Well, I could just tell you, you know, it's a very reasonably priced uh, product, but uh, you cannot compare what it is to have the cost of freedom. Mm-hmm. Very That's true. Priceless. And mm-hmm. the idea to, to be able to feel comfortable. There are so many people I know that are so uncomfortable with businesses, so worried about scams, so tired mm-hmm. of bogus emails mm-hmm. uh, and that you're going to clear that up. So your work for us is so greatly appreciated. And mm-hmm. I look forward to having you back at, with the phone when we could show it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Share it, all the updates. I know you're not going to stop just on this product. You're going to update it and you're mm-hmm. going to expand on it. And yep. you're going to share each and every piece of this with our audience because mm. we are here very happy to promote and actually support free speech. Mm. Well, thank you. Thank you. Many updates ahead. Well, Again, it's the Freedom Phone. Where can they find it? Freedomphone.com. That's it. That's it. Works on you know all your carriers. All you do is you just take out your, actually your phone as a current SIM card. Uh, that's either on Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, Sprint. Just 60-second process. We give you a little SIM popper to poke out the, 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 the SIM card out of your phone, which is super easy, and then uh, put in our phone. Works on all carriers. Freedomphone.com. Eric Finman. Thank you so much for being a part of Cindy's Celebrity Corner. Thank you for letting us be a part of Freedom Phone. And Mm -hmm. thank you for promoting freedom of speech. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Okay. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. And joining us now is somebody who you might not know his name, But you're going to know his name because he is making headlines across the country as he is touring as one of the most popular comedians in demand. And he has just written a brand new book about using comedy to cure depression. And if anybody knows me and my thoughts on medicines, they know this is my favorite kind of medicine comedy and entertainment. So, Mickey Bell, welcome to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. Oh, Cindy, thank you so much. I am so excited about being on the show with you today. And we don't have a lot of comedians on, and a lot of reason I guess we haven't is because a lot of them haven't been touring, but you have been very successful recently touring the country. So tell us a little bit about what is going on in the world of comedy and Mickey Bell. Well, I actually got started uh, because of the fact that I was a radio host And the radio station decided to flip their formats, which means I had to find a job. And uh, I I was already in radio, which means I was not qualified to do anything else. So people started asking me to come and emcee their events and just talk and do what I did on the radio. And it kind of turned into uh, actually doing some comedy stuff. And then that opened up more doors, more doors. And then COVID hit. But then I started being used. uh, I started marketing myself to help. Uh, organizations kind of reopen. So bring me in, help me to motivate the people, to tell people it's safe to come back out. And we've been very busy doing that. So it's been very exciting to watch on a 
grand stage uh, how people are coming out of the fog and coming out of the darkness and being able to uh, experience life again and then to offer humor and laughter after a year we've had, whoo, I'm getting pretty popular for that. So tell us some of the cities and towns that you have traveled to and have met your audiences. Oh, my goodness. Since September, since September, I have probably done 200 dates. And that is unheard of because we have been doing four and five dates. I am currently, I mean, I'm currently on the road. In fact, I'm talking with you right now from my tour bus. We are in Indiana. Uh, We just came through St. Louis, uh, Missouri last night. Uh, We've been all over the Carolinas. We've been out to Texas, Oklahoma. Uh, They're planning a tour now out to uh, the West Coast. So just a lot of exciting things going on. Well, as you can tell from my accent, I'm from New York and proud of it. And uh, when are you coming to the tri-state areas? Well, that's what I was going to talk to you about, Cindy. I was hoping that you would find a place to have me because we need to partner up. With your accent and my accent, we could take this show on the road. You got it. Because as I said, you just uh, added another... uh, job to your resume author you have a new best-selling book and it's been getting rave reviews and it is called reverse the course of depression the self-help guide to uncovering the real causes of depression and living daily with a sound mind i love it yes about it well there was a moment in my life when as an adult in my early 40s Uh, just a few years ago. And and by the way, for those of you that can't see me, I'm still as hot today as I was in my twenties. But as I was getting into my forties, I started, my mind started playing tricks on me. My emotions started going crazy. I started making some bad decisions. And when I say bad decisions, I'm talking decisions that almost, well, it did cost me my job. It got me and my family kicked out of a church house that we were living in. And I almost lost my family over it. And so I fell into the deepest, darkest depression I had ever been in in my life. And I I just remember that every night I would pray to God to take my life. Do not let me live another day. And then when I would wake up the next morning, I would be mad at God because he didn't answer my prayer. And I ended up building up an anxiety to where I could not go out in public, which made life very miserable for my wife and daughter. And they finally sat me down and said, all right, you're going to have to do something about this or we're going to have to do something. So I was, you know, I just came to that fork in the road where a decision had to be made. I ended up going to a psychologist. I ended up visiting the psychologist and a physician for a year, uh, every week for an entire year, just so I could get out of the house. And so that's when it started changing. My life started changing. I started understanding what was happening to me. And so during that time, I could not find an actual book, one that was easy to read, you know, like on a fifth grade education. Uh, I couldn't figure out and find a book that would help me deal with specific emotions that I was going through. Why am I crying all the time? Why do I feel like I'm not enough? Why do I feel like killing myself? Why am I having thoughts of doubt? Why all these little emotions? So I decided to list all my emotions, and then I started tackling each emotion. So the book is a resource guide that allows me to take you by the hand 
and walk you through each emotion. So you may not read the book cover to cover at one sitting, but you're able to use it each day and each moment of life when you deal with that particular emotion. You just go to that chapter and I help you defeat that for the day. So I know my audience is going to ask, it sounds like a very depressing book and you're a comedian. How did you rise from your depression to becoming so funny? Well, I was actually, you know, I was that person that had a sense of humor uh, growing up. I was that person that was always acting out. And a lot of it is because at a very young age, I started suppressing things that would eventually come out uh, in my 40s. Uh, When I was 13 years old, my mom and dad sat me down and explained to me that I was adopted at birth. And so at 13, I started really trying to process how how this could happen. They said that my dad, when he found out that my mom was not going to have an abortion, but was actually going to give me life, he actually took off. So I never met him. I didn't know his name. I didn't know what he looked like. But now, I mean, I have a pretty good idea he was good looking, but I have no idea what he looked like. So You know, I had to process this. How do you put blood in my veins and not even stick around to see what I look like? I was raised in a very strict Christian home where you just pray about everything. You don't talk about it. So I just kept those feelings suppressed to finally, when I did have my rock bottom moment, everything came out. And when it did, I had to deal with that. So even at a young age, I had to learn, just like every other comic that's out there who you know, I found out that to be a good comedian, you got to have major issues. And I thought, <laughs> I qualify for this. So uh, I just had to deal with that. I had to I had to be the funny guy in the room so I could cover up what I was really feeling on the inside. It's so funny you say that because as you're talking, I'm thinking, of course, of Robin Williams. Yes. Birthday yesterday. Yesterday would have been his birthday. And, you know, one of his favorite quotes that I love is the fact that he says, Be kind. Now, I'm going to paraphrase it. I'm not going to do it exactly right. But it's like, be kind to everyone because everyone has something they're going through. They're fighting something on the inside. And so I just kind of love that because it recognizes the fact that there's really nothing wrong with me because I'm dealing with depression. It's just one of the issues I'm having to face. But everybody has to face something. It's true. It's And it's great that uh, you recognized it and you embraced it. And now you're helping others. How has your wife and daughter reacted to you becoming a comedian and writing a book? Well, writing the book did not shock them. Um, we talked about it quite a bit because this is my second book. My first book is entitled I Am David, A Pastor's Fall into Grace. And that is actually my life story in that I'm very transparent about what happened to me, the decisions I made, my childhood growing up. I mean, it's from it it goes back and takes you back to day one. And I walk you through all the struggles in my life, all the obstacles and how I won those. So when we wrote that book, I sat them down and I said, for me to do this, I have to be very transparent and very open. Are y'all okay with this? And they understood that the whole reason for that was not to have a bestseller, not to make money off selling a book because, you know, you quickly find out you don't do that, but it was all in an efforts of trying to help other people. And that's what our, that's what our family is about. We're always trying to help others. So 
the comedy thing, my wife, you know, that was the first and only time she ever laughed at me was when I told her that, you know, I was going to be a comedian. Um, to her, that was probably one of the biggest jokes I've ever told and got the biggest reaction from her. Um, but then when my calendar started filling up and she could no longer use her vacation days to go with me on the road full time, she ended up having to you know, quit her job and go with me. And she's loved every minute of it. So what I like about your book and you talk about your deep religious uh, upbringing and how it affects you today. Even though you talk about a Christian lifestyle, it transcends to any religion and even an atheist because depression is depression. And how yes. you deal with it uh, is really important. Do you find that a lot of people are embracing you as they are, um, I guess, getting more depressed or coming out of depression with COVID? Absolutely. I have so many people. Um, <laughs> it's funny because I'm going to say this, but I don't want to be taken the wrong way. I love what I do. I stand on that stage and I give it my all. But that's not really what wears me out. What wears me out is when I'm having to talk to everyone after the concert. But it's a good thing, not a bad thing. It's just that every person now, see, that's the beautiful thing about comedy is we break down the walls and we break down the barriers. Then when I start sharing my story, every person in that audience comes up to me after the concert and they share with me their story. I have people who will come up and tell me I've never been able to talk to anybody. I feel like I can talk to you. I so relate to your story. And so, you know, they'll come up and ask for advice. What should I do? What should be my first step? And so I'm able to help people away from the stage. Uh, the comedy just allows us to tear down those walls so I can do so. But I will stand at my merch table every night. I will talk to the very last person and make sure that I'm encouraging them, uh, giving them good, sound advice on what they should do and how they should help themselves. And uh, yeah, it's just great because I really feel like I'm making a difference. And that's the most important thing that if you feel it, I'm sure they feel it as well because they keep coming back. I, I follow you on social media and I see, and even your website, the response you're getting from fans, they're embracing you, not just for, uh, you know, a one night, two hour entertainment kind of uh, fan, but to really follow you and to go along and, I have a feeling even some doctors aren't so happy with you because you're giving people a healthy alternative to uh, curing their depression. Exactly. And, and we're telling the truth. That, that's what it's all about. The one thing, there's two things I want to say about the statement you just made. Number one, talking and communicating, even on social media. Uh, when I get home, uh, we usually pull in every Sunday or early Monday morning, and then we leave out every Wednesday. The two days I'm home, I am usually in front of the computer and all I'm doing is responding to people because once they've met me, even the people that did not feel like they could come up and talk with me in person, I start getting emails and I start getting uh, direct messages of, hey, your story really impacted me. It's caused me to want to take the next step. What should I do? So even when I come home, all the people that I met on the road and even the people that did not come up to meet me face to face, I'm able to still help them and encourage them. 
So that's why I told my team, I'm going to be the one that responds to my messages. Now, if you're calling for business stuff, I've got people to handle that. But when people uh, write in to talk about what they're dealing with, I want to talk with them personally. And some of the people don't believe that it's actually me talking to them. So I have to take a picture and send it to them and say, yes, this is me talking to you. The second thing is about the medication part. When I first uh, started going through my journey of getting healthy and to what, what I refer to when I started my journey of winning, because the only thing that's different from me today and different from me three years ago is that today I'm actually winning. Every day I have to fight what I was fighting three years ago. I just know how to defeat it today. So that's the difference. When I, when I started out on my journey, I did get put on medication because I was so emotionally drained. But a lot of people don't understand what that medication was for. And I did. And I'm glad I did. Because it wasn't to do away with depression. If you take medication to do away with depression, that's when you're going to become over-medicated and you're going to become numb. All it was was just to give me that little bit of clarity so that I then could make proper decisions to fight it myself. Medication is not used as a scapegoat or a fix-it-quick type of motive. Medication was just to align you momentarily. It's not a lifestyle that you take on for the rest of your life. It's just to give you that moment of clarity so that you are able to fight yourself. So don't think that medication is going to bail you out or that it's going to solve it, or I got to take more medication because I'm still feeling pain. Oh, you're going to feel pain, honey. You've just got to make sure now that you're able to fight. And it's a struggle and it's a fight. And those that are winning or those that are waking up each day with a mindset that they're tired of living the way that they're living. So I'm really happy that Cindy's Celebrity Corner brought to their audience a celebrity and somebody who is actually helping them physically and emotionally, because if you feel better about yourself, you're going to take care of yourself and you're going to be able to get out there and go and you are healthier. Where can our audience find you and where can they buy the book? Oh, Cindy, thank you so much for that. My book is available wherever you buy your books, Amazon, all those places. You can get my book, Reverse the Course of Depression. Uh, you can find out all my socials. My website is themickeybell.com. And that's M-I-C-K-E-Y, just like the mouse, B-E-L-L, themickeybell.com. Uh, and the reason it's got the in front of it is because mickeybell.com was already taken. Mickey Bell, comedian, best-selling author. You're always welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. We look forward to having you when you're in the tri-state area. And thank you very much for joining us. Cindy, thank you so much. And now that I've got your number, I am definitely coming back on this show, whether you invite me or not. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. And just like that, the hour flew by. I promised you great guest, great conversation, and lots of information to think about. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please let me know what you think. You can reach out to me through my website, Cindy's Corners, and email me through there. Or you can reach me and follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for joining Cindy Celebrity Corner, where all our angles and points meet and where you don't have to be Jewish to enjoy 
the Celebrity Corner. <laughs> 